Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Black Panda is an Asian pioneer that's focused on digital forensics and incident response. They're headquartered in Singapore. They have offices in Hong Kong, Kuala Lumpur, Manila, and Tokyo. Black Panda has received some $7.3 million in investment to date. It consults on some of the highest profile cases in Asia. For example, Black Panda was retained by Resorts World Manila to review and enhance the integrated gaming resort's security posture following a terrorist attack on its casino back in June 2017. Black Panda's clients include some of the region's top banking, hospitality, energy, investment companies and conglomerates. It's also a private sector partner of the U.S. Secret Service in Southeast Asia. Time to meet Black Panda's co-founder. Gene Yu is also CEO of Black Panda and he's a former U.S. Army Special Office, Special Forces Officer with experience in the financial and technology sectors. Welcome, Gene. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for speaking with us. I wonder if we could start with, with a sense of the major problems facing SMEs that you think COVID has intensified when it comes to security. Yeah, sure. Uh, I would say that the, probably the number one thing is just the aspect of uh, remote workforce vulnerabilities, uh, particularly using home or shared computers that aren't uh, vetted or sandboxed by the uh, the corporate IT security team. Um, another another aspect is that uh, uh, typically when folk purchase and uh, use their home routers, uh, they come with default admin uh, usernames and passwords that aren't changed, and this makes uh, quite, makes uh, the home environment quite vulnerable. Where folk uh, attackers can come in and, and uh, just log into the uh, the, uh, the Wi-Fi network using those default uh, usernames and passwords, and then have access to uh, to the uh, the devices at home, um, you know, on the same internet. So, and and of course, uh, just just being home, you know, without any oversight, you're going to have just naturally lacks cyber hygiene and awareness and whatnot. So, a lot of the uh, the attacks that we've been seeing this year have been have been coming through exploiting uh, lax behavior from. Um, uh, from employees in the work-from-home environment, actually. Gene, can you share with us what you are sharing with your clients about meeting these new challenges? Yeah, so I, I think that, uh, number one, you know, one aspect that we're always emphasizing with our clients is that the human being is the ultimate uh, endpoint, so to speak, meaning the uh, the final, uh, the actual, the, the, uh, the entity that's actually trying to be hacked is less the data, it's actually the person itself. So, mm. you know, the, the weakest in any type of uh, security chain for uh, for cyber is actually the human being. And it comes down to uh, proper uh, education, security awareness, uh, these aspects. I mean, it, no matter how good your uh, your firewalls are, your endpoint detection response systems, encrypted backups, etc., if the uh, if the end user uh, just has a password like one two three four, uh, you know it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know how good your how good your uh, your security is when uh, the human is making those type of mistakes. So if, if there's something that I could emphasize along those lines, it would be be that aspect. Great point. Uh, in terms of cyber insurance, what's out there that companies can consider? Yeah, so we always uh, encourage our clients to look at a comprehensive cyber insurance policy. Um, this is very important to note that it's different from just a cyber extension on a professional indemnity or directors and officers uh, policy. And that's oftentimes misconstrued by folk thinking that they have cyber coverage. Um, not, well, they have some cyber coverage through those extensions, but not the full package of a comprehensive cyber insurance policy. Um, typically, uh, a, a cyber extension will not cover first-party losses, 
which would include all of a company like uh, uh, Black Panda, all of our instant response and digital forensics fees, um, you know, uh, upon a breach, uh, would cover all legal costs, uh, crisis public relations, um, as well as lost income from uh, business interruption and operating expenses, as well as third-party losses. Um, it, you know, it, there's a lot more that comes through the comprehensive cyber insurance policy than a cyber extension. And, and also, typically, a cyber extension has uh, sublimits for the amount of uh, uh, the amount of uh, first-party losses, as well as high retention rates, which makes it very expensive to activate. So, so these are the things that I'm always constantly uh, c- coming across uh, with clients. Uh, even misunderstanding that they don't have a comprehensive cyber insurance policy in place. And I I think it's as ubiquitous and as necessary as a fire policy on your building. That's great actionable Uh, insight for us. Thank you. I wonder if we can shift gears a little and find out about BlackRock and yourself. Can you tell us how Black Panda, excuse me, uh, got started? And how did your experience with the U.S. Army Special Forces and counterterrorism help you build the company or help you in your role? Yeah, sure. So uh, Black Panda started in uh, 2015. Um, uh, I used to be an equity trade, uh, equity swaps trader at Credit Suisse in Hong Kong. And uh, my uh, very senior uh, boss of mine and now a close friend mentor, uh, Matt Petko, is also a uh, former uh, American Special Forces officer, actually commanded the same uh, counterterrorist team that I did in uh, in Okinawa just uh, 17 years before me. So, um, so in 2015, uh, we came together to start a company that actually wanted to focus more on uh, uh, physical security and physical security insurance um, and these these aspects. Uh, we saw uh, predominantly that. Uh, cybersecurity is just a digital extension of the physical world, so to speak. Um, the cybersecurity is not an IT problem; it is a security problem, right? It's not a uh, it's not a computer that's hacking you from the other side. It's a human being, mm. and this human being has friends, uh, organizations, different desired end states. Uh, all these type of factors come into place when you're thinking about how to arrange your security, right? Because um, you know, and so this this aspect of coming from a, a uh, uh, a, an intense military background and understanding the fundamentals of, sec- of physical security translated with my own background as a computer science guy, um, computer science undergrad. I grew up in Cupertino. You know, I was, I was programming in Fortran and Pascal since I was like 11 and 12. Um, you know, I also was at Palantir Technologies, uh, helped start up their Asia, their Asia office. So, mm-hmm. so for me, cybersecurity was just a very natural extension into the digital world of my physical security uh, fundamentals and background. Um, and that has proven out, I believe, to be true with the success that we've had at Black Panther in the last several years uh, coming in Asia and filling a large gap when it comes to specifically uh, cyber incident response and digital forensics. Uh, you know, the, the physical equivalent of what we are is we're your cyber firefighters, right? We're the guys you call when you get hacked. Um, you know, we're not, uh, we don't do anything else. This is just a, it's a, it's, it's something that we hyper focus on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always like to say that we're one inch wide and 10 miles deep on, on this. Um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, we're not, we don't, we don't, uh, we're not hobbyists when it comes to this, you know, and, uh, and I think that's why some of the biggest companies and the largest breaches you hear around the region, they, they come to us uh, at this point. So, you know, when we hear headlines like Muddy Waters calling Chinese social media company Joy a multi-billion dollar fraud right after the Baidu deal, we wonder, um, do you look at fraud at all in the investment industry? Uh, we do do some fraud investigations. Uh, we do get uh, so contracted by some uh, pretty large law firms to help them investigate on the digital side of things. So that's the aspect of digital forensics, right? And so 
you know, sometimes the two fields get confused a bit because they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Again, I like to explain everything in physical analogies. So uh, incident response would be the direct translation for cyber firefighting, where the fire is actually ongoing. And, you know, how do you put out that fire immediately? Then the digital forensic side would be uh, like uh, arson investigators, right? Going through the rubble and figuring out how the fire started so that uh, we can figure out uh, to make sure to shut that security gap and vulnerability off so it doesn't happen again. So when I talk about uh, when you talk about that uh, fraud case, uh, that would be uh, pertaining to the digital forensic side of the house, uh, where we get subcontract, where we get contracted to come in and piece through all the evidence to um, to provide you know any any circumstantial materials that uh, they can be that can be used as part of their overall investigation. Okay, personally, you you led one of the fastest recorded recoveries of a friend of the family who was kidnapped in eastern Malaysia by Abu Sayyaf terrorists back in t- late 2013. I wonder if you can help us understand personally what was key to being able to successfully carry out that rescue. Yeah, so well, well number one, I think a tremendous amount of luck. <laughs> You know, I think that that that, that can't be uh, can't be understated, as they say. Better to be lucky than than good. Um, but uh, certainly, um, you know, I think one of the keys was that uh, uh, I was able to draw upon uh, groups of individuals who uh, also had um, the sense of altruism to come forward and give their time and resources to help. Um, you know, the, the two main groups that helped tremendously were the Filipino Scout Rangers. Um, there was a group of individuals through uh, my West Point connections, uh, Palantir, as well as uh, my time in American Special Forces serving in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, those deep relationships uh, came forward and, and uh, they volunteered their time uh, in an incredibly brave uh, brave way um, to help to help affect the, uh, the recovery, as well as um, private military contractors uh, through, again, just personal network that ended up working pro bono and, and helping with the entire, the entire uh, situation. So, so it really, when I when I think about that, I mean, I you know, I'm, I'm the face of it, so I receive a lot of the credit. But really, it was a, a large effort from uh, quite a few uh, unsung heroes. Uh, I'm always very proud to identify that I was able to petition uh, for three of the uh, Filipino Scout Rangers to receive uh, the Medal of Valor from uh, the Taiwan government. It was the first um, the first medals of valor to be awarded since World War II uh, from the uh, Republic of China government. Right. Well, great meeting you. Thank you for joining us on Influence this morning, Gene. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me. He's Gene Yu, co-founder and CEO of Black Panda. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.